how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyman, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am back with today's State of the Market. So, State of the Market is where every week I come on, I talk to you about the real estate news that's out there. I search for things that I think are going to apply for you in your business, and this week is no different. I've got like 10 articles I'm hoping to go through in here and give you my opinion and how it might be actionable for you, and we'll see if I can get through all of them today. So, here we go. Today is September 16th, and right now Keller Williams is in the middle of Megacamp. I don't know what percentage of our listeners are Keller Williams agents out there, but I know a lot of you guys are, and everybody today is attending Megacamp. Well, one of the things that already hit Inman's front page for Real Estate News was from Gary Keller. He was talking to Jay Papazon right when it, right when it you know, opened up. He says, we're going to have a, a tough year or two. They said, we're going to have a year or two of tough. The Keller Williams CEO and co-founder outlined the two stages of what's next for the housing market at the virtual conference. So the one, and the biggest thing he talked about is he said the pandemic is a very unique situation and the timing on its resolution is uncertain. The real estate industry is currently undergoing a K-shaped recovery. Essentially there's two distinct groups and they're having two distinct experiences, which is why the economic uncertainty and high unemployment numbers are yet to be reflected in a housing market that's outpaced the years prior in home sales. That's a question a lot of you guys have been talking about. So I've said this a bunch. Half of our agents are busier than they've ever been. And half of our agents are really, really struggling. People are saying, why is the housing market so hot? Why are we getting cash offers over asking? Why are we getting multiple offers on everything when right now the world is so bad, there's so much unemployment and everybody's struggling? Well, that's it because there's two different people out there that are experiencing this. Wealthy people right now in certain types of jobs aren't really struggling during this pandemic as much as people at the lower end of it. So here he goes in a little bit more detail. He says, unemployment in the leisure and hospitality sector of the economy was at 21.3% unemployment in August, while the financial activity sector was at 4.2% unemployment. So what does that mean? So people working in restaurants and hotels and entry-level jobs at 21% unemployment. In the financial activity sector, working at banks and, you know, and lending and things like that, unemployment is only 4.2%, which means it's almost full employment. So that's, that's how people could be having such different experiences. That means the people at the top of the market are doing a good job and the people at the bottom of the market are still suffering. So, so there's a major divergence among age groups as well. And one of the things when it, when it hits lower employment is that typically faces renters. So the renters right now are facing high Unemployment home buyers are not facing as high of unemployment. It says unemployment rate for individuals 24 to 35, typically the age of the first time home buyer was 9.7%, and they accounted for 25% of the home buyers in August. He goes on to say the people that make the most amount of money and, and have the most disposable income, and the men and women who make the overwhelming majority of buying homes, the 35 and up crowd, are the least affected by unemployment. Their incomes have been affected the absolute least and their employment has been impacted by the least of major age group. That's why housing is still at a rebound. But he also goes on to say that this can't last, right? So right now businesses can't be successful without the people that are the entry level workers supporting and supplying those businesses. So right now when these first you know, layoffs have happened, a lot of unemployment happens, the owners of the company are not struggling at the same level as the entry level stuff that cannot last forever. 
So he's saying right now, the market has stayed strong and there's been high demand because those people that are making the most money are the least effective, but that can't last without helping out you know, the unemployment levels at the little guy. So it's a great, interesting talk. I, you know, I wish I had listened to the whole thing. This was just a summary that Inman did. Maybe I'll go find that video and listen to the rest of it. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. Yeah, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is the time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. Here's an interesting article from Inman. It says, more realtors are carrying weapons for self-defense than ever before. An NAR survey finds more than half of the agents are still hosting open houses alone, but more agents are carrying protection in the form of pepper spray and firearms. So the probably depends on the state you live in and where you are, but there's been, you know, bad news is the news that travels, right? When something goes wrong at a showing, that's the stuff they talk about on the news. And that's one of the things that, you know, that's interesting. They'll say, hey, this happened at an open house. So people aren't stopping open houses. This is they are now protecting themselves as they're doing it. So this article from Inman says, given that being an agent so often requires meeting with strangers, agent safety is a perennial topic in the real estate industry and one that often seems intractable. This is in part because the vast majority of agents are independent contractors and brokerages, associations and multiple living service are reluctant to require personal safety protocols. It's kind of like saying they do wish that it was safer, but when everybody's an independent contractor, how can you really decide how they're going to do their business in terms of safety? So it says this year's member safety report from NAR found that realtors are carrying weapons for self-defense. It says more realtors are carrying weapons for self-defense in 2020 than they were in 2019. The report also found 4% of the 3,000 respondents reported being the victim of a crime while working as a real estate agent. That's terrifying. That's such bad news. So 4% of them said that while acting as a real estate agent, they were a victim of a crime. I guess that could be all sorts of things, but believe it or not, that's down 1% from the year prior. You know, some of, some of the stuff was identity theft. Some of it was, was robbery and assault, but now agents are out there and they're bringing some pepper spray with them. And honestly, what's, there's no harm in, in doing that. There's no harm in, in bringing pepper spray or something like that as just a, just a, what if you never know what you're going to see 
when you're out there, we've seen squatters in houses. We've seen all sorts of things when you go to, to show a house and someone had moved in ahead of time. And when you go knock on that door, it's not a comfortable conversation to have, but here's a little tip out there for most of the listeners that they haven't yet. Police officers and police stations are so great when you call them for a non-emergency status. We, so often, some of our properties in Texas, we have to call the police and we call the non-emergency hotline. And we say, hey, you know, we're going to one of our houses. It's locked up kind of weird. Maybe everything's fine, but we would just feel so much better if there was an escort there with us when we go to open that lock. Usually within like 10 minutes, a police officer shows up and they hang out there with us. And the, we've never had them give us a hard time when we've called the non-emergency line and just asked for an escort for something really quick. And every once in a while, yes, we find something weird and, and you know, and there's squatters in the property. This happened just a few days ago. You know, a bunch of the locks were locked from the inside. You know, we called the non-emergency line because we thought somebody must have, you know, broken into the house and locked us out. But it was really just a mistake, right? So an agent that was showing the house, you know, locked the privacy lock and then walked out through the garage. And so we were all locked out of the house. So the police just laughed about it with us. No big deal. And so, and David, if you're listening, I know you're going to think that's a, a pretty funny story that you were a part of. All right. Next, the Inman article. This one just came out a couple days ago too. It says mortgage applications decline. The volume of mortgage applications declined 2.5% the week of September 11th. So what's that really about? We've seen a lot of stuff in mortgage lately and a 2.5% decline. That's not really that big of a deal. Not in my mind anyway, but we've seen a lot of increases lately. It says the volume of mortgage applications declined 2.5% for the week ending September 11th. The data included adjustment for Labor Day holiday. So it said... On an unadjusted basis, the market composite index, which measures mortgage loan applications, decreased 13% compared to the previous week. The refinance index declined 4% from the previous week, but increased 30% year over year. What does that really mean? It says mortgages rates held steady last week, and the 30-year fixed at 3.07% has now stayed near 3% mark for the last two months. A 5% decline in conventional refinances pulled the overall index lower, but activity was still 30%. So it's saying there's just less refis, you know, 5% less refis. And that was the biggest trend that caused the small decrease in overall refinances. And one of the things we talked about in the news a few weeks ago is right now for refinances, there's kind of like a penalty. There's some extra fees to pay for a refinance for loans through some of the FHA and, and some of those different, you know, those different lenders, lending programs that are out there. So it's, um, you can get a little bit better rate on a loan for a new purchase than you can for a refinance. And maybe that's why refinances have ticked down just a little bit. All right, here's a hopeful piece of news. Now, this is another one that came from the Keller Williams event today. It says, Keller Williams president, 50% of your database is in jeopardy. Keller Williams president, Josh Team shared exclusive insight from Google that shows why there's so much market share up for grabs right now and how agents can take advantage. So if 50% of your database is in jeopardy, that means right now you've got to be making sure that your database is going to stick with you. But that also means if someone else's database is in jeopardy, you've got a chance of bringing those in. And what I've talked about before is in these falling markets, where you know the world is a little bit, it's a little bit tougher, a little bit more competitive. It gives everybody a chance to do good. Everybody looks brilliant in a really hot real estate market. Not everybody looks good when it's just a little bit harder and for things that we may be seeing soon. Keller Williams president, Josh Team believes there's a tremendous opportunity for all agents to grab market share in today's current economic client. The data team shared at the conference mega camp, but it also showed how easily agents could also lose their own clients. The world's changing. Market share is up for grabs. The people that are doing things in different ways have an opportunity to seize the moment. Now, here he goes into a little bit more detail. It says, team who was joined by Jason Abrams, the company's, Abrams, the, the company's vice president of industry, told Keller Williams agents and brokers to look at their own databases right now and essentially cut it in half. Those are your past clients. Those are your family. Those are your friends. But they're also the people that are open to trying a new brand that is offering them a safer, comfortable, a more comfortable, better way to buy or sell a home. 
That's right. So right now the world is changing. And so people are open to change. And so the people that would have gone with you no matter what, the desire to change and do things a little bit different in this changing climate will make them look around to see, hey, are there any other options? In times like this, people will start looking for their options again to go, hey, is there a better way? Because I'm not quite sure about doing it. It says, if you're not reimagining your business right now, you're not pouring into making those calls, someone else is, and you're going to be in jeopardy of this moment. Good news out there for you guys to think about, right? You know, stay on your database, reach out to them. A lot of stuff we talked about early on in April and May. Check with everybody. Hey, how are you doing? What are you thinking about? Here's what's going on. And believe it or not, I'm still getting, you know, mailers that says, hey, one of the houses in your neighborhood got 17 offers on it. You know, come to us and maybe we should sell your home too. I've got 16 other buyers wanting to buy. You know, that's a great pitch. And even though I know other agents and people in the area, I'm thinking, God, maybe I should call one of these guys. So marketing works right now, especially in a changing climate that's so interesting. All right, here is an article from Bloomberg. And this is something that we experienced as landlords out in Texas. It says eviction filings by big landlords surge after Trump issued the ban. So the ban. So this, this article came out September 14th. It says big landlords increased the number of eviction cases they filed after President Donald Trump announced his recent moratorium signaling the struggle tenants face, facing getting protection from the federal order. Institutional landlords filed 900 eviction cases across eight metropolitan areas from September 2nd to 8th according to the data compiled by the Private Equity Stakeholder Project. Landlords filed 165 cases in the same market just a month prior. So it says, first week of August, 165 evictions. First week of September, 900 evictions. It says, fears of an eviction crisis have swirled since expanded unemployment benefits. And it, and it says, the Trump ban enacted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to avert homelessness during a pandemic was seen by tenant advocates as a way to delay evictions, but it provides no funding to cover unpaid rent. We're quite surprised by the number of filings we saw. And so as a landlord, I can add a little bit of info to this. We had some people that have not paid rent in the last few months. Most of our people have. We've had the highest occupancy ever right now, but we, we had some of our tenants not pay. We filed eviction and we went through that eviction process. And the, we just got these notices and they signed this notice and it was like a CDC form, a government form, where they had to say, yes, I can't pay. Yes, if you evict me, I'll be homeless. I have nowhere to go. And it's, or I'm going to have to live with a friend and increase the cause of coronavirus. And the judge took that and he extended the writ to January 4th. So this was a sheriff move out writ where he was supposed to be giving the constable the writ to go move the tenant out because they've already lost the eviction hearing. And now that got postponed automatically to January 4th. And this is in Texas, which is a very landlord friendly state. So a four month delay, super, super crazy. I was shocked to see it. And now that's getting pushed back. So we will see what else might come of that? But they're saying, I think as a result, when they said they were going to postpone that, a lot of people rushed to go try to push an eviction through to see if they could push it through in time before that ban really took effect. And now the ban is in effect. No one will be evicted now until January 4th, the, especially if it happened in some of the counties that, are, that happened to me were so landlord friendly. I think there's probably opportunities there. I think what it tells the people, and I even talked with David Green about this on one of our things where it's just about going and having new conversations with the people. The people that their credit is still important. It's about telling them, hey, we want to work with you. Now that you've done this form, let's see what else we can do to keep this going. It's not just a free reign where they're not supposed to pay at all. It also says that there's kind of, you know, if, if they lie on there and say they would be homeless, you know, it's kind of a criminal act if they're lying. I don't know how someone would press charges on that or not. But that's one of the documents that, that they sent to us when they extended it to January 4th. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners, I am sorry to interrupt again, but I want to do a quick commercial break. But this commercial break is different. This is stuff that I think you need, and this is me talking to you about some of the stuff that we had. So 
You know, recently we had a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, why don't you do a real estate mastermind? Why don't you do something where a lot of the listeners can get together and do some Zoom calls and ask each other questions and really just try to brainstorm and work together? I mean, there's a million masterminds out there. I don't know if this is something that we really want to do or not. Or if we do, if we're going to limit it to maybe 20 or 30 people. We're just trying to figure out if any of you guys are interested. So if you have any interest at all, joining a mastermind with real estate agents around the country that are part of the Real Estate Rockstars Network. Go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind and just join the wait list. It's just a really a formal, it's just an interest list for us to see is this something we want to be doing. So that's that's number one. Number two, you go to hybendigital.com forward slash foreclosures. We have a two-day thing that we just finished recording. Now it's also inside Rebus University. And so you go to Rebus University and look at it. If you're already a member of Rebus, I mean, a lot of you guys are in the you know the monthly fee where you get access to everything. So we have a new course in there, 17 hours of content on how to buy foreclosures, on how to find deals, on how to you know do title, you know, go to auction, also turn that into clients for your real estate agents, how you can turn somebody that's in default behind on their mortgages into a client. So go you know, check out that course, especially for, you know, you can, you can buy the course now, but again, most of you guys already subscribed to all that. I just wanted you to know there's another 17 hours of content, great, great content that I just recorded on there uh, that all of you guys have access to now at Rebus University. And then finally, we have software that we talk about on and off. It's called PadHawk. And in PadHawk, you can use that to go find leads. What, uh, you know, everyone is really, really busy right now. And we're so, so busy, people are selling and they're saying there isn't enough product on the market, right? So they're, they're, they can't find houses. Well, Paddock will help you find houses before they're listed. It helps you find owners that should be listing their properties or people that might wanna get there. I recorded a quick video, it's like six or seven minutes long for you guys to look at, real estate agent specific on what how you can use the software in order to do it. So it's go to hybendigital.com forward slash leads. Again, there's a video in there. I talk about how you can use the software to do it. Check it out. If it's something that you like, you may want to sign up for it. 99 bucks a month, but nationwide, any city out there, and it is a great way to find houses. So right now, people are saying there's lots of buyers, but we can't find enough houses. Well, maybe you can use this software. You'll find something that hasn't listed yet and make them an offer on their house. All right, back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for letting me interrupt you with that break. Our next article, this one is in Bloomberg, Prashant Gopal, September 16th. Las Vegas home price surge spotlights the disconnect in the U.S. economy. So this is really interesting, right? And a lot of the things that we just talked about at the beginning with that Keller Williams article, right? Las Vegas home prices surge. So it's saying prices are going up like crazy, but it's shocking because there's so much unemployment there, especially with how many people work in casinos, hotels, and restaurants. The median price for a single family home in August jumped almost 10% from a year earlier, up to 335000 so it went up $30,000, according to a report by Las Vegas Realtors. The annual price growth in February that month before COVID was only 6%. So a lot more growth. Everybody has seen that, though. With less inventory comes a lot more stuff. Buyers from high-cost markets like California and New York are drawn there because of low rates, because Nevada's lack of income tax and other demands that are pushing it there. But like we talked about at the beginning, these aren't the entry-level buyers. These are buyers that are doing well in this current economy, and they're coming in and pushing prices up because they have no problem, especially people coming from California and New York. The median house price is 330000 there. It is a lot higher in most of California. It's a lot higher in most of, in most of New York. So what they're doing is they're saying, hey, I'll pay $20,000 over asking because it's still 200000 less than my last house. And we're seeing that even as we get out of the Bay Area into Northern California near Sacramento County, we're seeing a really big boom and push of San Francisco buyers overpaying for real estate because it's so much cheaper than it was in San Francisco. 
All right. Another article says Bloomberg Fed signals rate to stay near zero for at least three years. This article came out September 16th and it says Fed on hold until inflation at 2% set for moderate overshoot. So the Federal Reserve left interest rates near zero and signaled it would hold them there through at least 2023 to help the U.S. economy recover from the coronavirus pandemic. The Federal Open Market Committee expects to maintain an accommodative stance on monetary policy until it achieves inflation inflation averaging 2% over time and longer-term inflation expectations remain well anchored at 2%, the central bank said in a statement Wednesday following a two-day policy meeting. So I think that's just saying people have said, well, interest rates can't get any lower. And some people had questioned, like, could it actually get negative, like we'd seen in Japan and some other things throughout the years. And so it's saying right now they're just going to leave interest rates there with the hope that, you know, if the market's struggling, if they leave the cost of money cheap, then it's going to help with growth. So, and that is, it's something that traditionally always does help with growth. Next article on Forbes, this is something a lot of you guys have seen in the news, talked to me about, you guys reached out to me on, on social media about it, asked me what I thought. It says, Open Doors co-founder talks COVID growth and the quest and profits as the company goes public. The market reacted kindly yesterday to the news that Open Door, a technology startup that lets customers rapidly sell their homes, will go public through a merger with a blank check company. Shares of its soon-to-be-acquirer soared 35% during normal trading hours before falling 7% early on Wednesday. So the soon-to-be-acquirers, the company that was going to buy Open Door, their stocks went up 35% after the announcement. Says the deal gives Open Door an enterprise value of $4.8 billion and is a breakthrough for the industry it helped pioneer. But while Open Door dominates the rapid home selling marketplace, also known as iBuying, with roughly half of its market share, there's scant proof that the company, let alone its small profits, has devised a plan to profitability. Man, I remember back with Facebook when we thought about the idea of the companies losing money all the time. Why is it worth so much money? Because they had a way that eventually they were going to turn on advertisements and it was going to go through the roof. That hasn't happened everywhere yet, right? And so Open Door is saying it's not really making money. It's making a very small amount of money and getting an uh, enterprise value of $4.8 billion. Usually that happens if they believe, hey, but they've, they've mastered a method. And if they just make some small changes to that method and scale it, it is all of a sudden they become hugely profitable. Now, if I'm just going to do my little opinion piece, I do not think that Open Door is going to be a good long-term investment. I can't believe they have a $4.8 billion valuation for a home buying company. Now, a lot of it's out there everybody's bidding big on these iBuyers. You know, they think it really helped with Zillow's valuation. Everybody's trying it. But, you know, so many of us are thinking it is not sustainable, especially as the market changes. The last few years, the market's gone up. Again, makes everybody look brilliant. Right now, as the market's going to correct, go down, stay balanced out, it's going to be a lot tougher for an iBuyer to be successful. All right, here's my last article, which is going to be probably a little bit of fun stuff, a little bit of not so fun stuff. This was from Forbes, and and this is from Tree Nguyen. It says, what's in store for home buyers in the final months of 2020? And so it says the founder and CEO of Network Capital Funding Corporation was writing about this article that Forbes picked up. It says, unless you have just emerged from under a rock you were living for the last few months, you know, there's an undeniable reality. The steps taken to protect the public's health have staggeringly chilling effect on the American economy. It has a bunch of different highlights that we need to think about. 42% of jobs lost to coronavirus will be eliminated for good. Did you hear that? 42% of the people not working right now because of coronavirus, those jobs are going to be eliminated for good. Reports as many as 40 million U.S. jobs were claimed by coronavirus at one point in late May. So that's really saying they think like 16 million of those jobs are out. 16 million jobs no longer available. So it's not just about people finding other places to go work if the jobs are completely, you know, abandoned. So the current American recession that could precede an eventual depression. Now that is a pretty 
big statement to make there, but this is that statement coming from the, the headliner in Forbes. Unprecedented impacts on the lending landscape. While some banks have granted forbearance agreements for mortgage affected, others have not. So most of them have had foreclosure, you know, more terms put on them, but private lenders have not. And how is that going to affect lenders to begin with? Lenders in the past, the only way that they would, that their security for lending on a property or lending to, you know, non low qualified buyer was the property. What are they going to do now? Is it going to be harder for people to get loans? Are they only going to, you know, are they only going to sell house to people that are super, super qualified? I think right now landlords are doing that. Landlords are now looking at multiple applications for a property instead of one. Instead of just taking the first person that qualifies, they're going to look at all three or four applications and say, hey, who makes the most money? Who has the best credit score? Who's willing to pay a few months rent in advance? There's a lot of different things that people are looking at now. I think changes that industry because when you start doing all these different things, it's going to change the way that people are doing business. It says possible changes to lending industry regulation. Now, maybe I said this a little bit early. The working class of American people have taken the brunt of the economic hit. The federal government has shown that they recognize the precarious position bill paying consumers have. And so they issue top down mandates to relieve that burden. But the, the hope that this relief will continue to find its way into the lending industry in the coming months. Those with mortgage payments could see an opportunity to refinance. That'd be nice if people are able to refi their, their forbearance agreements in. And maybe that makes the lenders happy because they're able to, maybe if they get some points on that refinance, they'll be happy with that pushing in there. A shortened period for approval for refinancing applications, a general opportunity to lock in more favorable terms. Now this sounds like good news so far for most people. Trying economic times, especially those largely impacted because of federal mandates warrant borrower friendly protection. He's saying he's hoping that it leads to a lot more borrower friendly protections. And I see the point in that, but I also know that the more borrower friendly protections they have in there, the tougher it's going to be for banks to want to lend unless the government gets a lot more involved in lending more than they already are. There's a steady reemergence of housing inventory. The verdict is in how coronavirus initially impacted housing inventory. Total housing inventory down 24% by mid-May. That's crazy, right? Went way, way down. Now say those who've been hesitant to sell their homes will now emerge and start to sell and that we'll see more houses on the market. I think most of you agents out there will welcome that. You guys are hoping that's going to happen. And this guy's saying, hey, it's going to happen before the end of the year. A shift in home buyer demand will go toward more affordable locales. We've been talking about this like crazy. People will be living, leaving the cities and going to more affordable areas because they don't have to live close to work anymore. First time home buyers will seek more affordable markets. Homes in many affordable markets are being purchased right now at a rapid rate. While most expensive markets you know, may also be tough to find places there, they're, you know, it's still probably just a factor of limited supply. It's only logical that those who have been personally impacted by the economic tremors of COVID are going to downsize. That's something I've been saying for a long time. The best solution for everything right now is downsizing. That's what happened back in 2007. And that's what we'll start to see now. Possible effect of current and near future market conditions. As of now, housing in America is generally defined by an inventory shortage, right? Rising home prices due in large to limited supply. You know, some of the effects of these market conditions are good with access to low interest rates, but there are unintended negative consequences. A locked-in mortgage rate that is favorable could reduce the number of motivated sellers once the rates rise again. Wow. Now, that's a big impact people are talking about, right? So, if right now rates are super, super low, right, and prices might be at a peak, why would this person sell in a few years? So, it's saying it's actually going to add to the inventory problem because if rates have never been this low before, it's going to, it's going to take a, you know, a miracle for somebody to want to sell their house when rates are going to be so much harder that you know, it's, it'll, it'll kind of be like when people are changing. You know, we talked about when rates go down, people can afford more house. Well, what about in a few years after that 2023 mark, rates go up? Are people going to want to be selling that house? Probably not because they would have the same payment to actually be downsizing. So that can be really unique as it goes. So there's a lot of different news there and a lot of different pieces that we just talked about. 
right? It was really interesting to see and think about there are two different economies happening right now. And there's probably like four or five different economies right now. But I really liked the beginning, how, they, how you know, Gary, Gary Keller broke up the idea of people at one end of the market, there's only 4% unemployment rate. People at another end of the market, 20-something percent unemployment rate. That's why we can see bad news and houses selling at record, record amounts, but also see other people struggling and not sure what to do. Man, there is so much news packed in there. Real estate rock stars, thank you so much for listening. If you got some value out of this, I would ask that you please go ahead and share it. We've been sending out a ton of good stuff out on our newsletter too. So if you're not on our newsletter yet, you just have to go to hybendigital.com, go to the toolbox, get a free, you know, free issue of our, of our toolbox. You get all the things that the agents that come on the podcast and give you. It's going to really help you in your real estate business, but it also just adds you to our email list. We send an email twice a month, not that big of a deal, but we'll be sending out things that you should be looking at, highlights of our podcast you might want, some ads in there for things, products that we believe in. And we really, I really think you should be joining our email list right now. So and if you like this podcast, share it with a friend, go tell everybody how good it is. Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook or any of those places. If you have questions about the podcast, if you have things that you want us to cover in the state of the market, or just tell us how we're doing, go give us a review. Thanks for listening. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.